0: I can tell it's going to be a good show. There's been lots of off-air laughing and frivolity. Daniel Carrington, you are mm. in a sassy mood he's today. Very, he's I funny
1: today. Yeah,
0: he's giving gonna... David, Doctor David Tabret, a, some stick here. I thought David looked really dapper in his suit jacket today.
1: David, David's just rubbing me the wrong way this, today. Oh, oh dear!
0: <laughs> oh goodness!
2: I'll move over the other side of the room.
0: <laughs> We've had jokes about his age. That you know, you're standing. He needs to sit. Yes, I'm, yeah. yes. You, I'm you, feeling it. You remember why you're here, David?
2: <laughs> yes, this is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're being silly. Now what's your topic today for Pet Chat? Well,
2: if I get time, I wanted to update because we were just talking about technology yes. for fitness. You can do the same for your pets. Really? Yes, and they have uh, clear veterinary applications, so we could talk about that. Ridiculous. Fantastic.
0: And Daniel, what are we chatting about today?
2: Well, to be able to use that technology properly, you need
1: to make sure you have the right pet for your family. Ah, so that's what we're going to talk about. I
0: love that you two have really teamed with the themes. It's today. like we've rehearsed. Amazing. How to choose the perfect pet for your family Because, Denny, what suits me may not suit you and, and vice versa may not suit David, you know So we've really got to pick it carefully
1: The worst thing is taking a beautiful puppy home And then thinking a few months down the track Oh my, we've made the wrong decision It's too active You know, too smart for our family or, like, we can't handle this and then having to think about rehoming. Mm -hmm. So doing the research about what breed really does help.
0: All right. Well, we're going to actually chat to Chris Murphy, who's a behaviouralist and obviously knows a lot about this.
1: Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for joining us about this topic. And uh, I think it's great that we can have you on air because you are a dog behaviouralist and can talk about what is the right type of pet for the family. It's best to be able to suit the family with the pet and, or the puppy that they get so that we don't have any long-term problems and we know what we're getting. So, um yes, welcome to the show. I guess my the first uh, question I had was so a common thing is a family with children um, they want to get a pet what would you recommend a family with children look for in terms of breeds of dogs
3: yeah Well, in terms of dogs as pets um, for children, uh, my recommendation is more of a medium-sized dog. Um, Most people probably think go small, um, easier for the child to handle, but I think things more like your your Spaniels, so Cocker Spaniels, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, they're still a small breed in that 10 to 15 kilo usually, um, but they're not too big where the child can't um, handle the dog. Um, but not too small, where we could have accidental things like um, the little guy falling out or getting stepped on, and, and their mm-hmm. bones obviously aren't as 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 um, tough as yes. what something a bit bigger would be. So I prefer people with with like smaller children if they're they're sort of getting their first pet. Um, and want to pick a dog, I'd I'd go that medium 10 to 15 kilo range.
1: Because some of the smaller breeds, like even the toy breeds, even like a Chihuahua, could be also highly strung, which is maybe not what you want with a young family with young kids. Is that right?
3: Yes. Yes, correct. And obviously, if you're two or three kilos, something that's 10 kilos looks quite big to you, standing over you, 20 kilos. So, yeah, they can sometimes get a bit more intimidated, especially if the children are quite excited to touch puppy and they come in quick and such a small little dog can mm. see that as a bit of a threat, yes. Yeah, so We got okay. to be careful with that.
1: That's a good point. What about if the family has slightly older kids? We're talking about 10, 11, 12s. They're an active family. They do lots of things on the weekends, even after school. Um, what kind of breed of dogs would work with a family like that?
3: So, certain breeds that probably would work well is sitting around your gun dogs and your farm type breeds. So, gun dogs being a bit bigger, they're sort of in your 20 to 30 realm, um, of weight kilos, um, and sort of, you, they're your Waimaranas, your Dalmatians, those, those bigger sort of, bushy, walking-type dogs uh, run down the beach. Um, They like to use their nose and things like that, so they like to get out and about. Um, And a few of your farm sort of breeds, like your your cattle dogs, your kelpies, your border collies, they're also highly active. Uh, They want to go where their nose takes them. Um, So they need an active family or active couple um, that's willing to do an hour or two of exercise a day physically. Um, And also we need to mentally stimulate them as well. Otherwise, we're going to get dogs digging out or jumping fences and such because they they are quite a smart dog, so they do need brain toys and things Mm. like that or little, little games that you can play with them um, to, to keep their brain moving as well as exercising their body.
0: Because Denny, that's a common problem that that comes up on this show as David's nodding to, is that uh, the dogs are getting bored during yes. the day, those active yes, dogs that might not be getting the exercise they need and that can cause havoc for everyone, including the dog.
1: Well, the issue we have is those energetic dogs can also be quite smart, quite intelligent. And I know with a Weimarana, they can um, learn 140 different words. Wow. So if they don't get that mental stimulation, they're going to use that for bad things like digging up holes, chewing up furniture, chewing up mm-hmm. shoes, and that's the problem you want to avoid. So if if you have an active dog like that, you need an active family.
0: So what about an inactive family, or, or for an older couple? <laughs> yes, yeah, a
3: bit, a bit of a quieter family. Yeah, so so. Things like your, your your spaniels are good as well. They, they're in that ten to fifteen, so that they, they don't need a lot of exercise, just a little bit. But then you've also got things like your bulldog breeds are very popular. Um, your, your British, your Frenchies, and such as Aussies.
1: Like the bulldogs, um, the British bulldogs just love to lay around.
3: Is that- <laughs> yeah, yeah, their hobbies are like napping and such. So they, greyhounds. They, yeah, that's right. So they they're good for people that don't mind going for a walk around the block, maybe twice. <laughs> uh, but then rest for the rest of the day. Um, they, they will be happy to do that. Um, they're do the that ones so you can you're... also
1: take to the cafe, walk to the cafe, have a coffee, sit them down and come back
3: home. I'm liking the sound of this. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Uh, so, and if you're wanting more of a bigger style, even though you're a quiet family, some dogs like Great Danes do make good pets for certain people. Um, they are another dog there, even though they're quite large. They do require a little bit of exercise, but they also like laying around and such. Mm. So... Some people do enjoy a nice big dog that lays around and lounges around with them, and great danger are good for that as well, those sort of
1: breeds. You also, Sarah, mentioned greyhounds. I mean, they are are, are lounge lizards as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, make great pets in regards to that. They're they're
0: quite calm, aren't they? (laughs) They
1: (laughs) What about if you're um, a senior couple or a senior senior single person and you want a companion?
3: Yeah, that, that's sort of where I think twees come in really well, or your mm-hmm. twee breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so your things like your little silkies or shih tzus or Pomeranians... Um They're they're nice and small, nice and compact. Um, They'll they'll give you the love that you're you're looking for. A little bit of exercise still. Obviously, they are a dog, so they do need exercise, Mm -hmm. but minimum exercise. They they don't want to go on the 1K run. They they sort of just want to plot around the backyard, around the neighbourhood. They're quite happy. Um, And I also
1: think with them, like if you're a little bit hard of hearing like David... (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Sorry>. <laughs> they get into that higher register when they bark, yeah. Uh, yeah. They will let you know if
1: someone's at the door, if someone's snooping around. So they are a really good alarm dog.
3: They are a really good alarm <laughs> systems. They really are, yes. Um, and things like your Jack Russell's and Foxy's, they're also a little dog, yeah. um, but. A bit more active. So if you're an active senior person that, that doesn't mind going for, you know, a, a bit of a walk in the morning, half an hour, an hour mm. in the morning, these guys will want to come and do that with you as well.
1: So. Cool. And the last one I have is just um, if there are, is a family member prone to allergies because some dogs, mm-hmm. you know, people can't have because they have allergies. What about mm. that?
3: Yeah. So, so what's been happening a lot in the last sort of 20 years is uh, crossing the poodle with a lot of different breeds, which mm-hmm. create a cert- certain breeds which we all uh, are familiar with as oodles. Mm-hmm. So you've got things like your labradoodles, your groodles, your shoodles. I, I could go on. The there oodles, are many.
1: Shoodles, um, yeah, that's right.
3: Anything that ends in oodle <laughs> will have a poodle in it. And, and poodle, they-, they have the wool, per se, over yes. a hair, not not the, the coat. So yes. they don't shed. So they're-, they're non-shedding and they're low allergenic. Yeah. And that's why over the sort of years people have been um, putting the poodle in other breeds and such so people can have a certain dog that looks a certain way but it has that poodle coat Um, so it helps with the allergies and and because of that, you can almost get an oodle in any size or colour these days. So.
1: Well, thank you for that. <sighs> lots That's, of options uh, for lots everybody. Lots of options, and I think it's worthwhile to doing to do that research before yeah, getting a pet. Yeah, do the
0: research before hmm. you, because it's a lifelong investment. It is. Certainly it is. the life of your pet anyway. Yeah. 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 Now, David, we want to look at pet tech with Pet Chat.
2: So, we there's a number of things we've got tech for ourselves right mm. like you could wear a fitness watch that'll keep track of your steps or you know how many stairs you climbed and maybe even your heart rate and everything we can get the same thing for our pets really yeah like and a s- dog watch well they don't wear it on their leg um they're actually the most common one that i've seen is a collar okay. that has a uh you know um, kind of a computer chip i guess yeah And so there's a couple of ways we could use that. Now, I guess it could be just just for amusement, you know, see what your pet's up to. But you can actually get them where you can track your pet through the day and then get the details on, you know, your phone and go, oh, look, he went out to the water bowl and then he went back over to the fence and (laughs) hang on, how did he get down the road? Like,
0: So that's just going to calculate his steps or is that going to tell us? Well, it can
2: actually track... You could have a little map of your house and track where he goes.
0: Wow.
2: So when we want to come back to, you know, how does this apply to veterinary applications, what we have seen is that people, we have now got technology that we can use post-operatively. So let's say your dog has cruciate surgery or something that can measure how well they're weight-bearing, how much movement they're having, um, you know, that they're getting enough but not too much exercise. Yep. And so a lot of the time we might say to pet owners after surgery, you need to keep them restricted and people say, well, he's in this, and we we can't see their house. So we're like, oh, he's in that room, that sounds all right, but we don't really know, you know, is there stairs or whatever. Yes. So they've actually now got this, with this technology, we can actually see what your pet's up to.
0: Wow, yeah. that's very
2: just to make sure that they're not overdoing it.
0: Is there a video component on there as well?
2: Well, that's the other thing now that we can get, of course. Now, you might know that you actually can get doorbell cameras uh, that when people uh, hit your doorbell, the camera comes on and you can see it on your phone. You can
0: decide whether you're going to hide under the lounge or actually answer the door.
2: Well, you may not even be home. And you can talk to people. Well, we've got the same thing with our pets. So you can now get cameras that will talk to your pet And you're not home. So it could be you have a check-in a couple of times a day. Um, And there is even one I've seen which works for cats where the actual equipment, and it's like a cube, has a camera, a speaker, and it's got a little laser light. So it can flash around and the cat chases it because they love to chase laser light. So you can play with your cat and get your cat moving while you're at work or... You know, down up getting groceries, something like that.
0: It's just becoming too easy, isn't it?
2: Right. Well, the next thing is you can actually get uh, modified feeders that are computer controlled. And you can set the feeding station to deliver the right amount of food at the right time for your pet. But not only that, it actually tracks how much your pet eats.
0: So obviously this is useful if you need your pets to be on a specific calorie controlled diet. Right.
2: Exactly. You know, when, when does my pet eat? Because a lot of the time as a vet, I would talk to clients and say, well, you know, when do you feed them? And does he eat it like in 10 minutes or is it all gone? How long does it last? And people say, oh, we feed them all day. These things we need to have information on. So you might have, you might say, well, hang on, David, I've got two dogs or a dog and a cat. How do I know that one's not, not going to eat the other one's food? Mm. Well, it's actually controlled that the food is only dispensed for based on the collar that the pet is wearing for that pet.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. And you can now get, I've seen this one as well, similar sort of thing where, you know if you have a doggy door? Yes. So the doggy door could actually be activated or closed based on which pet is going through it.
0: So you may not want a particular pet to go through. Right.
2: And so you could actually say, well, you know, Fluffy has to stay inside, but Bozo can go outside and you can actually set up the doggy door to allow that to happen and you can keep track as well of how often they go in and out.
0: Are you seeing this more and more? Are people using this technology or is it still quite unaffordable to, to the, you know, average Joe Blow?
2: Well, the feeding stations have been around for a little while Mm. and a lot of people are getting them. You know, you're probably going to spend a couple of hundred dollars for that sort of thing. Um, The tracking for mobility and exercise, those vary in price. Kind of like when you go to buy a fitness watch for yourself. Yeah, sure. You know, do you want the basics? Do you want the whiz-bang? They come with different technologies.
0: Okay. We'll continue our tech talk shortly. We will go to the phones now. Hello, Helen in Barnsley. You've got a four-year-old puppy, but you think that puppy's got a bit of anxiety. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, it seems to be the only time when I go out that he'll, if I don't remember to close my bedroom doors, I end up with all my clothes back in the lounge room and him laying on them.
2: Uh, Yes. Yes. That.
0: Doing the washing for you. Well,
2: you're, Helen, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a behaviour that relates to separation anxiety. So if you're not there, what's the next best thing? Oh, and probably my clothes. That's your clothes because the smell is right there. So you're absolutely right. It is, it is an anxiety-related issue. And so for separation anxiety, it varies as to... Uh, how much intervention we do need to provide here. Um, what I, there's a couple of things I would suggest, and we always kind of take a multi-approach uh, to these things. We, we don't want to just rely on one single factor. Um, so one of the things is trying to get your pet comfortable with you leaving the house and being away for a period of time. And so certainly making sure that you close the bedroom door That's kind of necessary in this situation. And then what you need to do is just say to them, okay, I'm leaving. Give them uh, a toy that um, would keep them occupied. A good idea is those things like the Kongs that have, you know, got food, you put food inside them and freeze them and then you get them out. Um, They would vary in how long you want to do that for. But what you do is you leave, maybe even just go to the front fence and then you come back. Now, don't make every time you do this, don't make the return. That you're overwhelming, you say, "Well, good dog, good dog," and because you don't want your return to be bigger than being away. Okay, right. so when you come back into the house, you just need to basically ignore them for a period of time until oh, yeah. until they kind of go, "Oh, I'm not getting anything from you." I know it sounds counterintuitive because we're. we're we're always happy when we come home to see our pets. I was
0: just thinking that's how I greet my oh, husband yeah. when I come home. So Husbands are a different breed. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, sure. Yeah, this, okay. this,
2: this works <laughs> better say on... the
0: same thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this we're, works we're good at pets. this.
0: We've got this. We just need to treat the <laughs> dogs ignore, the same way. <laughs> right.
2: Ignore the husband. Ignore the pets. <laughs> so
0: that's so it's a non-event. Is that right, so, David? Yes,
2: non-event. And so what's yeah. happening... And then you just gradually... So you go, say, to the front fence, and then you come back. No reaction. Okay, and then we want to go a bit further, and then right. come back. Maybe hop in the car and drive around the block.
0: Yes, Mummy's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be involved.
2: Thought you were talking to me there, Helen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when we when we do this, what we're doing is we're getting the dog to go. You know what? Actually, you leaving and coming back—that's just part of the day. It's all ordinary. So the other thing I mentioned was about having uh, toys or. Food, Kongs, things like that, that keeps them occupied so that basically when you leave, that's when we get the food Kong and so they're kind of excited for you to go because, hey. you know, oh, if you go, there's something good going to happen. Um, and if we actually then get to the point where it is destructive, the separation anxiety, and I've had circumstances where pets have run through plate glass windows, they've pulled, oh, wow. pulled blinds off the wall and... Things oh, like that, okay. destroyed oh, furniture. Okay. In those circumstances, this, that's a dog that's in pain, yeah. and they need to be treated with medication for the anxiety. So, oh, right. behavioural training, you leaving and coming back, using a replacement um, toy like a Kong, all of those things. And then, if it really escalates, then you probably would have to look at medication, but hopefully the point is we don't want it to Yeah,
0: there's a few steps that hopefully will, yeah. will be effective beforehand. Well, yep. the very best of luck, Helen. Now, David, I get very excited for Dog of the Week. and
2: This is a, a double.
0: It's a double wedding. Double dog. Yeah, mm. Skippy and Rocky. And for me, there's just nothing better than looking at a Jack Russell. Well, there is looking at two. They're just the happiest <laughs> little dogs, aren't they?
2: they... they can, and you can tell by their
0: tail. They're, they've always got the wagging tails, don't mm-hmm. they? Well, Skippy and Rocky, they're eight year old male Jack Russells with the waggling tails. They are happy boys and they are looking for their forever home due to no fault of their own. I think this is the hardest thing where, you know, they've been great dogs and companions Mm. and for whatever reason, circumstances, they now need to be rehomed. They have always been together. So really, it'd be lovely to keep them together because they are best mates. Um, So yeah, ideally together, both Rocky and Skippy have spent their life outside. So they would love a home with a daily walking buddy, a gardening companion and someone looking for an Adorable coffee date We were talking about this A bit earlier on Mm -hmm. To sit on your lap In the sunshine Now Rocky is the Cuddly lap dog of the pair While Skippy loves to fetch So you can be sitting there Having your coffee Throwing the ball for Skippy And giving Rocky a cuddle And they'll love it Going for a walk Is their highlight They're very social They love getting pats From the neighbours And they love a good sniff So at night They sleep quietly In their crate outside But it would be nice To maybe move the crate inside It is getting cold I don't like thought of them outside <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would suggest a home with children over six as they do get excited and they are jumpy um, they're just beautiful they do live with two young children at the moment and a large breed dog no problems there so uh, if you would like to have a look at these two dogs then please head to 2nurfm.com.au
2: d- did you say they're eight years of age because they don't they look they, like
0: puppies they do look like puppies don't they yeah, eight years oh, of age. That,
2: those photos are amazing.
0: They're good-looking dogs. And that,
2: they, those photos have not been photoshopped to remove blemishes. I don't think no. so. Or
0: wrinkles. Or no
2: wrinkles. Uh, or
0: anything like that. Yeah, I think
2: they're fantastic.
0: They are great little dogs. There's a little bit of grey developing around the, We've the snout. We've all got that, yeah. Sarah. Well, that's why we die every two weeks, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, look, let's go to the phones. We're revealing too much information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony in Maryland. Now, your family is living in Katara. They have a young staffy, and apparently, this little pup is destroying everything. Sorry for laughing.
2: Now, how old's the staffy, Tony? He's just
4: uh, about 13 months old now.
2: 13 months old. So, you've basically got um, a a late teenager, young adult dog. Um, who is uh, now too full of energy. What sort of stuff, where is the damage happening and when is it happening? Well, the
4: latest latest update was this morning my son-in-law put a a video on Facebook. He he virtually made wood chips out of his his dog kennel. Oh,
1: wow.
4: Wow. Ripped it apart. It's, It's just tiny pieces all over the back veranda. Before that, he destroyed two lots of garden um, outdoor furniture.
2: Yes, yes,
4: <laughs> and so on and so forth. Talking about Kongs earlier, you were. Yep. They're supposed to be indestructible. <laughs> He's destroyed three of those. Wow.
0: Oh my goodness! His staffies are tough. Though. Well,
2: they're got... all muscle, aren't they? Yeah, they've got strong jaws. He
0: knocks me off
4: my feet. I love him to bits, but uh, they've had him uh, earlier on in his in his uh, life when they first got him. They Took him to uh, specialised dog dog training. It wouldn't help because he yeah. kept on jumping on everyone, knocking them up, knocking us over. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I mean, so, he's not my dog. I love him to bits. I used to look after the last Daffy. I, I can't have this one because, whenever they go away, because he's so boisterous. Oh. Yeah. So
2: he's a there, handful. There's some some dogs. I guess it's like people. You know, we've all got individual personalities. And so, when we talk about things like separation anxiety and things like that, we can basically that is becomes a diagnosis that we're applying. And so, I think this scenario is one where we do need a diagnosis, and it really depends on probably having someone to come and look at the environment and look at what's happening, uh, what are the possible triggers there, and what are some of the underlying behaviors that are seen when he's not destroying things. What the rest of his behavior is like, because once we actually start to dig into this and and this underlines one of the important points it's quite complex as I said very much like people in that we see so much variability and uh, I think where we can say for some dogs well this is clearly separation anxiety to me just even that brief background that you've given me Tony says that there's a bit more complexity here, you know, is it? I think
4: so, yes. yeah. Yeah. Because it was only overnight. I mean, the, the family's inside asleep.
2: Yes. So what's he and, doing uh, and why is he they, doing when it? When
4: they got up earlier this morning, they saw sort the... Of, uh, oh, well, every, every time they come out onto their back veranda, which is attached, it's part of the house. He's only it's only a screen door away from, from his family.
2: Yes. Um,
4: every time they come outside, there's something destroyed. Like, but... Uh, <laughs> He ripped out the ba- the gas barbecue uh, cord and chewed it to bits.
2: Oh my goodness! <laughs> so and
4: uh, he's, he's ripped off the, the chewed up the whales on the on the barbecue. <laughs> you know that he's done it? And he gets so much exercise because the kids are his, uh, the, the my grandchildren are eleven and, and ten respectively. They play with him every
2: afternoon when they come home from school. They love him. Yeah. So apart from, you know, just trying to get to the crux of this and work out a plan, which, as I suggested, I think we need someone to be on site for that problem. And I would be speaking uh, or getting your son-in-law then to talk to their veterinarian about um, there are people who can actually come out and do that consultation. Um, Right. But obviously, you know, the costs of all of these things with the furniture and the gas, I mean, that can be dangerous as well. So, you know, I think it's probably better to try and get on top of this with – Uh, getting someone out to help. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good luck with it, Tony, because obviously he's great with the kids. He's just going into this, you know, destructive or whether he's bored or whatever the pattern may be. So um, fingers crossed that gets sorted. Let's go to Patrick now, uh, who's at Rathmines. You've got a puppy as well with behavioural problems.
5: Um, I've actually got two of my neighbours' dogs that uh, appear to be a problem for us. Uh, So unfortunately, yeah, they they bark uh, to get inside the neighbour's house, and uh, they they seem to um, know that once they bark, uh, and they keep it up for a, at least an hour, maybe even more, and then they're let inside. Yeah, um, I was just wondering how we could actually combat that. Uh, you know, like um, they're fantastic people, uh, and I think that they're probably just not used to the dogs uh, how to how to control how the to baby.
2: how to do that. Yeah. So you said that there's two dogs and. Um, are they young or older dogs?
5: One's a fairly young dog. Yes. Another one's around about four years old.
2: Okay. And, and so... I think,
5: you know, I think the older one's actually taught the younger one what to do. To pro- get probably.
2: <laughs> now, have you you've spoken to the neighbours about this problem?
5: I haven't. As I said, they're really beautiful people and yes. I don't want to sort of offend them or anything, you know.
2: Well, I think it, it, to the extent that you've, you know, given us a call... And uh, seeking a solution shows, you know, good intent. And I think that's a, a really important message to convey. And I really applaud you for taking that kind of approach rather than just, you know, leaving them a note or yelling over the fence. Um, but I, you, do, you did hit on one of the problems that's occurring is that the dog's behavior is being rewarded. And um, so there needs to be some intervention that happens. And this is obviously where I was saying, if you speak to them and talk about the problem in the sense that, you know, maybe there's, we could even emphasize the anxiety part or the dog's getting closer, then, um, you know, the problem will continue until something changes. Yeah, so... we
5: a of, we, we've got two dogs ourselves, and we taught them from a very early age. And it, it didn't hurt them, but we had some water in a spray bottle, and when they barked to try and come inside, we just give them a little bit of a spray on the face. And, yeah. And that's, that stopped them <clears throat> completely.
2: Yeah, we've, we've seen that used in the past. I don't know that it's used as much now. It's kind of an aversion therapy. It's certainly a low risk. Um, and a lot of the time we, what we try and do, but the difficulty is, of course, that we've got two dogs. Um, it's hard enough with one. Um, plus it's your neighbour's dog. So a lot of this advice, well, the good news is they can also listen to the podcast
0: that's very, Pet Chat. Hey, that's very true. You can say, look. Send you know. them the link once yeah. this gets
2: up on the website.
0: Yeah, to anurfm.com.au.
2: Yeah. So using aversion therapy sometimes could work, but the problem is if there's two of them, then it's doubly, well, quadruply hard, I think. Um, and so... I would actually go back to the thing I was saying earlier is that their behavior is being rewarded. Oftentimes when I talk to pet owners, they don't realize how they're communicating to their pet. You know, it's like we were saying earlier with Helen, when you come home, by ignoring the pet for a while, they kind of don't celebrate the fact that you're returning.
0: They think, oh, it's just normal.
2: Yeah. And in this case, these dogs have been taught, hey, bark long enough.
0: And you can come inside. You'll get
2: inside. And so whether that's the reward is being inside, how can we change that? Is it the timing? Can we change that? What other things can be done to keep them happy outside
0: together? Okay. Well, good luck with it, Patrick. You're obviously um, a lovely person. It sounds like your neighbours are as well. So maybe it needs to be come over for a cup of coffee and and let's have a bit of a chat. So it's it's hard. It is hard, but everyone needs to live harmoniously.
2: And it's better if these things are dealt with in this way early before it does, you know, get acrimonious.
0: Yeah, that's right. It gets that's a bit right.
2: wearing when the dogs are barking all the time.
0: Oh, it does. And surely any reasonable person would be able to see that point of view and go, oh, yeah, that's that's annoying. That's yeah. that's interrupting your, yeah. your day, your life. Well, that's just about it for Pet Chat. Uh, we will be back next week. You're back with us, aren't you, David? Oh,
2: yeah, I'll be here next week. <gasps>
0: Woohoo!